Now on WOC, the QC Current puts a focus on our beautiful bi-state riverfront destination. Presented by Visit Quad Cities, it's a weekly look at untold stories of the Quad Cities region and the history, people, events, and businesses that make this area unique. Here's the host of the QC Current, Hannah Ginder. Good morning, QC. I'm Hannah Ginder, and this is the QC Current, a radio show created by Visit Quad Cities with a focus on telling the untold stories of our bi-state, riverfront destination. From little-known history to new innovations to quirky personalities, this show brings you deeper into the Quad Cities and leaves you ready to explore it yourself. This is the Quad Cities, where we're always reaching, always growing, always genuine, and always current. Today, I've got Joe Kubli, General Manager of the Quad Cities River Bandits, here in the studio with me. And the River Bandits, if you're not familiar, are our hometown minor league baseball team. And they've definitely made some exciting announcements recently that we'll have to dive into. Thanks for being here, Joe. Hey, thanks for having me on. Yes, of course. All right, so to get started, how did you first become involved with the River Bandits? Yeah, so uh, my uh, my sports journey's been all over the uh, the country, I guess you'd say. And uh, first came here in 2014 um, as the director of group sales, and then uh, transitioned into the director of sales and ticketing role um, throughout the 14 and 15 season. So um, that was my first stint here, and then um, now I guess you'd say I'm back for a second stint. So I came back uh, last November, uh, November 2019. Um, and took over as a general manager. So excited to be back here. And, you know, this is a place I love to live and was uh, pretty lucky to be able to have the opportunity to come back and be part of this community again. Awesome. And what's the role of a general manager? Yeah, for for, for me, I'm, I'm scattered all over the place. Uh, you know, there's there's never two days that are the same. And I think that that's what you get when you talk to people who work in sports that, you know, every day is different. So, so for me, it's, uh, it's, it's everything from marketing the team, branding the team, um, dealing with our MLB team, which will now be the Kansas city Royals, um, dealing with things like promotions, things we do on the field. Um, you know, some days it's dealing with things like it and, uh, and di- different things with our video boards and things like that. So every day is different, but I mean, overall at the end of the day, it's, it's really more or less just, uh, running the overall business side of the uh, of the team, where you know a lot of people don't don't understand that part about baseball. You know, here on site, you know, we're the River Bandits, and you know, we're the ones that are engaging with the community and becoming partners with different people and mm-hmm. and so forth. And then we have you know our, our our parent team, the Royals, which which now just send us players to play here, where you know we really run the show and they provide the players on the field. Awesome. So you mentioned it already a little bit. The big news that we have to ask about. So the Quad Cities River Bandits recently announced a new affiliation with the Kansas City Royals. What does that mean for the team and for the Quad Cities? Yeah, so 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 how minor league baseball works, and and, and really any minor league teams that are that are affiliated with a uh, a major league parent, I guess you'd say, is um, the the parent team will provide you with the players for your team. So all those players will be um, signed out of college or high school. Um, they'll be under contract with the Kansas City Royals. And and for us, the Royals send the players to us. So so when you see those players out there, for us now, since we moved to Advanced A, this will be, I guess you'd say, the second step on their journey to the major leagues. So um, before, when we were low A, it was really kind of their first step. So so we actually moved up a class, and you know that's the thing I, I think fans don't realize that you know a lot of these players get drafted, you know, eighteen years old out of college, or you know, twenty one or twenty two out of 
I'm sorry, 18 and 19 out of out of high school or uh, 22 out of college, and you know they're just going to a, a city to play, and, and and their hopes and dreams are obviously to make it to now would be Kansas City, but um, you know we're just one step along the journey where a lot of players don't make it past this phase. So you know mm-hmm. for for us, we just really want fans to understand, hey, not every player will make it to the big leagues, but a good handful of them have here from Quad Cities just in the recent past as well. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, you mentioned the team is moving from low A to class A advanced league for someone who's not familiar with it all. How many steps are there? What exactly does that mean? Yeah. So, so, so currently there's 120 minor league baseball teams. So that's going to be 30 teams at each class level. So there's four classes. You have low A, advanced A, double A, and triple A. And then you have the major leagues would be the would be the final goal. So 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 we gotcha. look at it as four levels on your way to the major leagues. Um, so so pretty much all players will start at low A, which is what we used to be. And then what I guess you'd say if they do well there or they continue to advance, they'll move up to the next team. So for us now, we'll be the the second, if you want to call it level that they make it to. And then as you go each level, less players will make it to the next one. So, you know, you have a team of, of, of 30 players at low A, likely probably half of those will make it to advanced A. And then if, if you go from there, then, you know, more or less half of those players will make it to double A, half of those players will make it to triple A. So, you know, out of out of each draft class, if you want to look at it that way, you know, 30 players that start each year at low A, there's probably only three or four that'll make it to the, the major leagues at the end of the day. So it's a pretty small amount. Gotcha. So a few of the guys we're seeing on the field someday, however many years from now it may be, or seasons, they could be those MLB stars playing for the Kansas City Royals. Right, right. And there's there's a bunch of different rules and regulations along the way. If if you're if if you're a college player, theoretically you have four years to make it to the major leagues. If you're a high school player, you have five years to make it. Um, so there's a bunch of different rules along the way that they have to follow, or they can then be released or picked up by another team. But but yeah, in in theory, you have four or five years to make it to the major leagues, or really you're you're moving on with your life. Gotcha. And are they locked in to the league that they're in for the whole season, or can is it fluid? Can they move up and down throughout the season? Yes, constant change. So, um, you know, players may be assigned at low A or high A or double A or triple A, and they can move up and down. So, um, you know, if you're not if you're not hitting well, they may move you down a level to get some extra work in that maybe you're seeing. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to say it's 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 less competition, but you're seeing younger competition where where maybe you can see the ball better, and then they'll move you back up and so forth. So yeah, it's it's always constant. I mean, there's you know a normal year we'll probably see a minimum of 50 transactions, which a transaction as a player is either getting cut, added, or moved up and down. Mm-hmm. And, and, and and I mean, some years you know we have we have a long season. You know, we're looking at 140 games. Um, you know, you may see up to 100 plus transactions on on a busy year and maybe 50 on a slower year. So, um yeah, you're not ever going to be at the uh, at the same place all year. You know, we'll start with uh, 30 players and by the end of the year it, it might only be 10 of those players are still there or you know if 
if it's a year where you know people are all doing well and there's not a lot of change, you might you might see 20 or 25 of them be on the team all year. But every year's different, so it's just it really depends on development, how the players are advancing, and and, and where they currently really are along the chain and. A lot of it has to do with the major leagues as well, because if you know somebody gets hurt at the major league level, they're going to pull somebody up from AAA, and then that gives an opportunity for somebody to move up and down. And then now they're uh, they're talking about moving the draft to um, later in the year, where it used to be in June. It sounds like it might not be till July now, so you may see some more movement in the summertime than you normally. Um, would in the past where you know most of the players got drafted would go to like a spring training site for a while um, you might see them get plugged right in now because some of these players will be playing like college world series and things like that so um, a lot of changes you know upcoming and we're just excited to see how it uh, how it all pans out here for us gotcha and so for the fans if the players are changing that often you have to hit a game at at least every few weeks because there's different guys out on the field that you want to see them play yeah, I mean, honestly, if you can uh, if you can make it out to a game once a month, um, I, I definitely think you're going to see a um, wide variety of uh, same players, and you're going to see some players that maybe you didn't see two months ago. So yeah, if you're if you're able to make it out once a month, you'll uh, you you can kind of follow the, the the transition the players go through from levels and and really kind of understand how it all works. Awesome. All right. So for the River Bandits fans, how will their experience be different with this new affiliation with the Kansas City Royals? Yeah, I think I think really when you look at it from a, from a standpoint here at the park, you know, our number one goal is just to provide fun family entertainment for everybody, and 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 at the end of the day, that's not going to change. You know, we're we're still planning on doing you know bobblehead giveaways every Saturday this year. Mm-hmm. We're planning on doing fireworks every Friday night. Those are the things that that you know obviously we we run from a business standpoint, being a community entity that aren't going to change. Um, but when you look at a bigger picture, you know, be, before we used to be with the Astros and, you know, they're, you know, 1200 miles away in Texas and there's, there's not a lot of connection there. So having the Royals be more of a regional team, I mean, I think, uh, I think from uh, ballpark to ballpark, I think it's only about five hours. So, um, mm-hmm. I think, I, I think honestly in our community, we have a lot of fans that probably are Royals fans, um, you know, just because we're, we're in that region. So I think you're going to see a lot more, you know, transparency there where, um, you know, players are going to go from here to to our double-A team at Northwest Arkansas. That's that's like a four-hour drive. Um, you know, you might even see some players go right from here to AAA, which is in Omaha, which I think is probably about three and a half, four hours as well. So so it's going to be a little different that, that that our affiliates are all closer and as well as our MLB team. The the only one that's kind of out in right field, I guess we'll say, is, is, is the team in Columbia, which, you know, that's where most of the players are going to start. And that's going to be their longest trek is going to be from there to Quad Cities. And then otherwise, I mean... In theory, you're just a car drive away at that point. So, um, you know, I think I think for them, you know, there's a lot of uh, Quad Cities connections with the Royals. The Royals GM's actually from Moline. I don't know if a lot of people know that or not. So, um, that that's obviously exciting from our standpoint to know that you know our uh, I guess top top guy in charge is right here from our our neighborhood. That that's exciting mm-hmm. in general and. Um, but, you know, I, I think overall it'll give us more opportunities to do more things in the community since it is more regional. Um, they're more of a Midwest-based team that, that kind of has the same values as us. So we're really looking forward to, you know, seeing what they do and how we can, you know, jump on board with them. But on a, a normal game day, you're not going to see a whole lot of change. We're going to be doing the, uh, the fun and exciting things that we've always done. And, um, you know, we're just going to have uh, different players from a different MLB team on the field. Awesome. So – the day that the announcement was made, it was a few weeks back now, what was the atmosphere like amongst the team, amongst 
your staff in your office that day? Yeah, you know, I think uh, I think over this this last uh, twelve to fifteen months, it's been uh, it's been pretty rough on everybody. You know, with the pandemic and so forth. And you know, for us, it was it was even going through more where MLB was starting to kind of restructure and and, and relay lay different leagues out and standards across the nation. And you know, for us, you know, Modern Woman Park is one of the best parks in America. You know, we were ranked the number one park back in twenty fourteen, and you know, we continue to you know do more improvements with you know ourselves and with the city of Davenport. So we're really lucky to have the great facility we have. And, you know, everybody was kind of on edge, I guess you'd say, over the last year, not mm-hmm. knowing, you know, are are we in, are we out? And, and you know, for, for us deep deep inside, you know, we knew, hey, we have one of the best ballparks in the country. There's not any way we're not going to have a team. But, you know, until we actually got that, uh, you know, official letter that said, hey, you're going to now be the long-term affiliate with the Kansas City Royals, I mean, it really took a lot of weight off everybody's chest. You know, we were just kind of like sitting back waiting, waiting, waiting. And, you know, there wasn't a whole lot we could do. You know, we could continue to promote out that here's our facility. This is what we offer. This is how great our community is. This is all the options we have. You know, everything from an an airport that's easy to get in and out and being more regional affiliate for a team like the Royals and, you know, a a bunch of other teams in our region. So um, for us, yeah, it it, it was a relief, obviously, when that all came through. And, um, you know, we got that info, I, I guess it was right before Christmas. So, uh, you know, it was kind of an early Christmas present for us, I guess we'll say. But <laughs> but no, it, it, it definitely feels good. Um, we knew for uh, for quite a while we'd be the Royals. And, um, you know, until everything is official and signed in December there, um, we didn't know 100% for sure. But, you know, it, it definitely felt good. And um, we're, we're just ready to get back to what we do best. And that's provide, you know, great, fun family entertainment for everybody down right there on the river. And it was also recently announced that a small section of Gaines Street in front of Modern Women Park will be renamed Royals Way. How did that come about? Yeah, so that's actually still in a, an ongoing process. Um, you know, you can't just uh, you can't just go up there and pull a sign down and, and put a new <laughs> sign up. But um, you know, for us being you know likely a, a very long term. Um, uh, you know, partner with the Royals. It looks like it's going to be at least 10 years, uh, maybe more. Um, you know, for us, we want to do something for, you know, not only the Royals, but for our fans. We want people to really know, hey, like we're we're all into this community. Like we're invested. The Royals are invested. So um, we thought it would be kind of a unique touch there. We're the, uh, we're the only, I guess you'd say, address there on, on South Gaines there. Um, so, so for us to make the changes, it's really just affecting us and, uh, in, in you know, not being 209 South Gaines anymore. We'd we'd likely be one Royals way. So uh, we've been you know kind of uh, you know I guess you'd say batting around with uh, some of the city council members to get on board with us and make the change. And um, we we definitely got enough support to get uh, to, to get it on their agenda. So I know it was brought up at uh, at one of the council meetings here recently. And um, you know there, there's a process that goes through and so forth. So it's not a not, not a done deal by any means yet. But we're pretty confident that uh, we'll be playing at one Royals way here uh, once we get to the season. <laughs> Love that. One Royals Way. Definitely yeah. easy for our visitors to remember to plug into their maps to get there. There we'll, you go. <laughs> we'll keep our fingers crossed that comes through. All right. Um, so something Visit Quad Cities is always likes to brag about when we're talking about our sports destination. Modern Women Park was named the top minor league stadium in the United States by USA Today. What is it about the park that's so special? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, obviously um, – 
for myself, I've been to a lot of ballparks across the country. I think I'm probably at 60 or 70 at this point. Wow. So, you know, when you when you only see your ballpark, you're just like, oh, this is our ballpark. You know, I, I think every other ballpark looks like that. But, you know, unfortunately, that's not the case. I mean, our ballpark is really unique. And, and, and I don't know if people really, you know, notice that or know that is, you know, we provide so many different amenities that other parks don't. I mean, we're the only park, you know, in America that has, uh, you know, 100-foot Ferris wheel. Like, that that's not something other people have. And, you know, I think for us just being unique is is, is really always been kind of our – you know, go to, I guess. We just want to be different. We want to be unique. We want to provide things other people don't provide. And, you know, obviously it, it all started with the Ferris wheel. Um, you know, I guess w- when you come out to our park, you know, you get you get a feel of that old school baseball, you know, that, you know, was back when the, when this park was built and, you know, what was it, the, the 20s or 30s. And you get that feel when you come up where you're like, ah, it's kind of that nostalgia feel. But then when you walk in, you're like, wow, like there's something for everybody to do here. Whether you mm-hmm. like baseball or not, there's something for everybody. Like that's our goal at the end of the day. You know, we don't want anybody to ever say, hey, yeah, I don't want to go to Riverbands game because I don't like baseball. Like there's so much else to do. I mean, if you want to do anything from, you know, ride the Ferris wheel or the, uh, you know, we, we have the kids roller coaster now, the carousel, you know, we have we, we have a room that's that's all video games for kids. And, you know, we have, you know, a, a sports lounge with a bar in it. And, you know, you can kind of do whatever you want to do, whether you're just coming out as a common fan or you want to have, you know, a, a birthday party in one of our suites or, you know, even if you want to have a wedding at the park, we have enough room to do a wedding for 300 people. I mean, we have you know, 15 to 20 weddings every year. And, and that's the thing. I, I think no matter if you're a sports fan or not, there's something for you to do at Modern Women Park. And, you know, that's our goal is, you know, we want to get people down to the ballpark. We want them to then spend time downtown. You know, we have the big farmer's market in the parking lot and that whole area down there is starting to grow with different businesses. And I mean, a, a lot of people park downtown and walk. Like you can go down there and hit up different shops and bars mm-hmm. and restaurants. Like, like I think it gives people a destination to expand out more from there. So, yeah, when I go to other parks across the country, you know, I'm, I, I always walk in and say, okay, you know, what are they doing that we are doing and what are they doing that we aren't doing? And honestly, I can't check a whole lot of boxes in the aren't category because we're, we're, we're really ahead of the trend and it feels good to kind of stand out, you know, amongst all of our other teams. And, you know, there, there's 120 minor league baseball teams and, you know, it's, it, it's great to know that we're always right there at the top. Awesome. Well, couldn't agree more. I think, if you haven't ridden the Ferris wheel, especially like at sunset or an evening game, there's just something magical about the lit field, the Centennial Bridge, the river. You're on a Ferris wheel. Such a great experience. All right, Joe. So what's coming up for the River Bandits this season? Yeah, so um, for us, um, we're going to have our schedule to release here. And uh, it, it looks like it'll probably be around middle of February. So um, we're excited for that. Um, obviously, we put a lot of planning and, and, and different elements into last year's schedule. And then obviously our, our our season was postponed because of all the pandemic and everything. So for us, I kind of feel like we have a lot of the legwork done already. But until we have a schedule, and I guess you'd say kind of get back to normal, we're kind of just in, in, a, in a waiting game right now. So, um, you know, we feel like by, by the time we play this year, sounds like we'll probably start up sometime in – in uh, May. So, 
you know, we feel like we'll be able to welcome fans back out and, and, and it'll be as close to normal as we can make it. Um, obviously for us, you know, we don't know what the, uh, you know, regulations and rules will be at that point. But, um, you know, for us, we did um, a ton of events this last summer at the ballpark where, you know, we hosted, I I think it was close to 120 youth baseball games. Um, and, you know, we went through all the protocols already to make sure fans are safe. Um, everybody feels welcome. And, you know, we kind of know what the what, what the standard was in the past. And obviously we'll we'll continue to grow with how everything else is going. But, you know, I think, you know, for us, fans are ready to be back out to the ballpark and, and want to be back um, doing things that are normal. So, um, you know, we're going to kind of go with the flow. And, you know, if we're able to have 100% of our capacity in, great. You know, we'll uh, we'll get back to normal. And, you know, if, if we have to adjust some things, um, we'll obviously do that too, just to give as many people the experience that we can. So, um, but, you know, like I said before, you know, we're just looking forward to getting back to the normal things like giving bobbleheads away on Saturdays and fireworks on Fridays and bark at the park on Sundays. Like those are the things we miss personally because, you know, for us it's it's really being part of other people's lives. You know, it it feels good to see the, you know, same people come out every week and, you know, for different reasons and see our sponsors and partners and things like that. And and honestly, it's, it's probably been harder for us because, you know, we're used to seeing these people 70 games a year and it's like all of a sudden that was taken away from us. So I think we're probably even more excited than uh, than probably our fans are just to, <laughs> just to have baseball back at the end of the day. For sure. All right. So until things get fired up again, how can fans stay connected with the River Bandits? Yeah, for for us, you know, there's a there's always different events going on and so forth. Um, you know, we have a uh, have an in-house special events department that does everything from birthdays to wedding receptions to, you know, actual weddings, ceremonies. Um, you know, you kind of think of it, we can do it, graduation parties, things like that. So there, there's always stuff going on at the park. You just kind of have to look for it a little bit. And a, a lot of that is kind of private events and so forth. But, you know, we, we, we still are doing things. Um, other than that, obviously, check out our, our, our social media. Um, we're pretty active on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. We, uh, we try to put something up there at least once a day just for our fans, something different to stay connected. And, and obviously, check our website out because we'll have uh, tickets going on sale and, you know, all, all that fun stuff. Once, uh, like I said, we're looking at probably middle of February at this point. So, um, but but yeah, you know, obviously check out social media. We're always doing giveaways and things like that, um, different things to keep fans engaged. And um, you know, you can always you know go on our our online merchandise store and grab a new hat or shirt too. So baseball will be here soon enough. So um, kind of jump on it now and be ready to go. All right, looking forward to it. Okay, so we're going to wrap things up the way we always do on the QC Current. We're going to ask you about some of your favorite things to do, to see, to eat. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. First question. Favorite spot for dinner? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, <laughs> you know, probably um, I probably go to Max once a week and, uh, and, and get their wings. So, um, you know, I, I don't know if a lot of people know that. That might be uh, one of the hidden secrets downtown is uh, Max has uh, some pretty good wings. I'd say they're the best in the Quad City. So um, we usually go there once a week. And, uh, you know, we probably go to um, Antonella's uh downtown as well probably you know once a week as well so i, I guess if i had to pick a favorite one it's uh, it's probably a a tie between those two every week <laughs> all right we'll allow it and favorite local cup of coffee oh i'm not a i'm not a coffee drinker so I, unfortunately for me um you know, we're up at the ballpark during the season till, you know, sometimes it's midnight, one o'clock, you know, and then we're, we're kind of right back in the morning. So I usually need some type of a sugar rush, but, um, you know, I guess if you want to throw that into maybe like more of a breakfast spot, um, 
big fan of QC Pancake House, and I know uh, when uh, whenever our, uh, our our owner Dave's in town, we uh, we always end up at the Pancake House. So um, yeah, that, that's probably where I'd go. But I'm, I'm probably drinking a uh, Mountain Dew or an orange juice so, <laughs> to get my day going. All right, favorite place to grab dessert or a sweet treat. Oh, um, you know, I live over in Moline, so I live over there by the high school. So we're uh, we're always going to Whitey's. So that's uh, that's our big thing. And um, you know, for for myself and my fiance, we're we're big on the uh, Graham Central Station. So that's uh, that's probably a weekly destination for us as well. <laughs> Favorite Quad Cities brewery? Ooh, uh, brewery. That's a good one. Um, man, there's so many. Um, <laughs> there's a lot. Wow, I don't even know uh, if I could pick one uh, off the top of my mind. Um, probably Bent River, I would say, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not huge on the craft beers. I'm, I'm a little more old school and, you know, just can, uh, just can do a rum and Coke or, uh, or a bush light or something. So, uh, you know, yeah, I, I'd probably say that though. I'd probably say Bent River. That's, that's probably more common, at least with, uh, some of the people I know and have gotten to know in the quad cities that, that seems to be a normal destination. Definitely. Um, favorite way to spend a free Saturday afternoon in the quad cities. Ooh, you know, for me, uh, Saturday afternoons are usually uh, <laughs> baseball. Baseball, yeah. So, uh, you know, obviously in the wintertime, you can't do a whole lot. But, um, you know, I, I guess I'm going to go out and do something. You know, I, I take my dog out a lot to different dog parks and things like that. So um, that's usually my Saturday afternoon or, you know, doing something around the house or honestly just catching up with people. I, uh, I obviously don't get to see a lot during the summer, so... Yeah, I wouldn't say there's there's one favorite thing I do, but uh, you know, hey, I'm 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 big in sports too. So a lot of times we'll just go go away for the weekend and check a sporting event out somewhere else. So um, you know, I'm, I'm pretty open hockey, basketball, football, whatever's there. Uh, I'm there to watch, and uh, you know, I, I I probably don't watch like other fans do. I'm more looking at what everybody else is doing to see how we can do some variation of it here at Modern Woman Park. So a little <laughs> bit different, but yeah, um, I, I don't get out a whole lot during the off season, but yeah, try to make the most of it. All right, final question of the day: What's one thing every visitor to the Quad Cities must do? Ooh, well, I mean, I guess you got to come down and watch a River Bandits game at Modern Woman Park. <laughs> I mean. I mean, I can't think of anything else more fun to do during the summertime. It's, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're lucky to have a, you know, unique downtown that we have and, you know, being able to go down there for a game and check out everything that's going on downtown. It, it seems like during the summer, there's, there's always some type of street fest or something going on downtown. And I mean, I think, uh, you know, a go to river bandits game and hey, probably come check out the St. Patrick's day parade. So hopefully, uh, <laughs> hopefully we uh, get that back this year. Cause that's kind of our uh, lead up to the season. Typically, you know, we walk in the parade and hand out bobbleheads and our mascots out there. And, you know, people are like, oh yeah, Hey, baseball is going to be here in a couple of weeks. So, um, hopefully we're, uh, we're, we're, we're back at that this year. Sounds good. We'll keep our fingers crossed and stay looking forward to that next baseball season. Thanks so much for joining me today, Joe. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. I'm Hannah Ginder, and this has been the QC Current. You've been listening to the QC Current, presented by Visit Quad Cities, the official destination management and marketing organization for the Quad Cities region. Learn more about us, our region, neighborhoods, and community partners at visitquadcities.com and connect with us through your favorite social media sites. Tune in next weekend for another episode of the QC Current on WOC News Talk 1420.